I'm doing all right. I'm tired for yeah. some reason. Yeah, not um, not getting up really any earlier than normal. Although yesterday we did get up early. Yesterday we, um, you know, Saturdays normally we'll sleep in till like 10, 10, yeah. 30, 11, slowly meander <laughs> around the house and then maybe get up and get coffee, maybe a donut before noon. Um, yesterday we were up at like a little before eight. <laughs> Yeah, not, wow. Substantially earlier. That's like yeah. that's like sleeping in to us these days is nine is amazing. Um, <laughs> but eight is normal. And then you back it off from there. But we've also been, I don't know, really tired for some reason. But we're gearing up for our little vacation coming up this week. Ooh. Yeah. Forgot all about that. That's right. So that's why we're doing Tuesday, remember? That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'll talk <laughs> Thank the you for the a, reminder. In a couple days. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to have to watch the episode tonight so that we can stay on our Bachelor schedule. Uh, watch that okay. on Monday. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully I know what my notes are re- referencing 48 hours after I took them. All right, should we get going? Might as well, yeah. All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 7, Episode 8, Officer Krupke. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Black Swan? Uh, I recognized Eric Edelstein or Edelstein as the stonemason and just wanted to know a little bit more about him, where I might recognize him from. First of all, I realized that the one of the things about Eric Edelstein I've always thought is that he's kind of out of shape David Harbour. Depending on where you hmm. see David Harbour. <laughs> yeah, depending on like what season of Stranger Things you watch him in. Or, yeah, yeah. Or if you see him in Hellboy. Or what, yeah, or what movie you see him in. Yeah, could be... Could, could make sense or could not make sense. Yeah, well, it, it makes sense because you're like, wow, if if that's out of shape, David Harbour, he's like really <laughs> out of shape, <laughs> you know, because sometimes David Harbour has that going on. Um, so, but that is the way I feel. I'm sorry, Eric, if you're listening. But, um, <laughs> um, but he, they, they do resemble each other, I think. And Eric Edelstein or Edelstein is an American actor and comedian best known for playing the role of Bobby Malison in Shameless, which I never watched, but I know a lot of people loved. He was uh, Bob in the Monsters vs. Aliens television show. And so, and I don't know if Alan, if AC still listens to us, but he is Grizz in We Bear Bears. Oh, no way. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. He also had a supporting role in the... 2015 horror film Green Room, which I've always wanted to see. Did you ever see that? No. Well, Speaking of wait. Nazis. No, what was it? Green Room. It's got Anton. No, I haven't. Who's the one who passed away? Yelchin? Was that his name? Y- yes. Yeah. Yes, I believe so. I think he's in that. And um, it's the one about like this punk band that's playing a club and then they get like kidnapped by Nazis and they're um, barricaded, I think, like in their, in their green room and they have to fight their way out or whatever. But I've, I've heard it's boss. Like I've always wanted no. to see it. I have never even heard of this. I want to say, is Patrick Stewart in it too? In an odd, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Stewart, yeah. Anton Yelchin, yeah. uh, Imogen Poots, which has got uh, an unfortunately hilarious, I know, last name. <laughs> um, yeah. No, honestly, whenever whenever you said it the first time, I was like, "Is he talking about Green Book?" Because Green Book this doesn't sound like Green Book. <laughs> yeah. No, it just it looks. Uh, it's always looked 
Absolutely amazing. Yeah, and he was also in Jurassic World. He plays a paddock supervisor in that movie. He was in one episode of Joey in 2005, the Friends spinoff. Oh, no. Um, in 2013, <laughs> he was in Arrested Development. He was in like three episodes of Drunk History, two episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So just another one of those guys that, you know, I've, I've probably seen all the time. Everyone's probably seen all the time. That you just can't put your finger on where. But, uh, yeah, he's popped up a ton in stuff that I have viewed. Also, I recognized the name. I didn't recognize the guy, but Duncan Trussell played the assistant to Mr. Takahashi, who calls the foursome into his office after the swan is discovered. And uh, Duncan Trussell, he's uh, 49 currently, born in 74, American actor and stand-up, known for his podcast, The Duncan Trussell Family Hour. But I remember him probably because I thought he had one of the best podcast names from before that. I couldn't find any reference to it in his Wikipedia page, but... I remember his podcast was called The Drunken Tussle. Instead of <laughs> Duncan Trussell, Drunken Tussle. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, like, that that's rules. The, dr- the Drunken Tussle with Duncan dr- Trussell. Yeah. Holy like, fuck. That's a, why would you change that ever? <laughs> yeah, that's appears, incredible. He appears on the Netflix series The Midnight Gospel and starred alongside Joe Rogan in the sci-fi series Joe Rogan Questions Everything. And I believe he's also a regular Joe Rogan Experience guest. So I think he's like kind of fallen in with that. Mm. Sometimes I will see him tussle on Twitter with some other comedians. I think he's like kind of fallen out of the alt-comic scene and maybe fallen in with the alt-right comic scene. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Um, But he was on Nick Swartzen's Pretend Time, which I had almost completely forgotten that Nick Swartzen had his own sketch show on Comedy Central, but I loved it. Did you watch that? Uh, I don't think I ever did, actually. But oh my I mean, whenever I was a teen, I was a fan of Nick Swardson. I thought oh he was my very gosh. funny. Yeah, his his album Party, I played that fucking constantly. I mean, yeah, his stand up. <laughs> I'll I'll stand by his stand up today. I mean, just like I, I'm I'm forced to stand by uh, Dane Cook's first few albums, mm-hmm. maybe his first two albums. Let's say. Well, I don't know. I pro- I know I enjoyed him past that, but if we're just talking albums. Um, but Nick Swardson's stand-up, I mean, when they would run that on Comedy Central, like, I still quote shit from it to this day. Um, like, I'm always thinking about when he's like, how slow old people drive, and when he's like, it, it was a throwaway joke, but he's like, when I'm 90, I'm going to be going 90. Because um, he's like, he's like, I can't believe, whenever I get stuck behind an old person, I'm like, move, you're dying, you don't have this much, you don't have time <laughs> to waste, like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, so Nick Swardson, absolutely hilarious, but something on his... It must have been from Pretend Time. I think he he played like the voice of a cat that could talk or something. And it was kind of like a um, you know a situation where you think that'd be really cute or whatever, but the, the cat ends up being like a huge asshole. I'm probably misremembering all of this, but the one quote I remember is like, cocaine gets involved somehow, and <laughs> the, 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 there's like a robotic voice that goes, powdered donuts make me go nuts. <laughs> and I say that. <laughs> Every time there's a powdered donut within 100 yards of me, I will say you that. You would. You would. <laughs> I <My> do. <God. laughs> and the, the great thing is nobody knows what it's from, so I can take complete credit for it. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. Um, yeah, powdered donuts make me go nuts. Uh, and he was also, Duncan Trussell also appeared on both seasons of HBO's Funny or Die Presents, which I was a regular viewer of. Um, and I think I also remember this. Duncan Trussell dated Natasha Legero. I, 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 for some reason, I remember that being spoken about on probably podcasts that i listen to and stuff like that and he also dated marilyn marilyn rice cub too so Mm. there you go yeah i know so that's all the homework that we had what about some other trivia this i don't know how much of it is true but you know in this episode larry gets into an argument 
with Norm, and then Norm dies on the golf course, and the next day he kills the black swan on the same hole in an effort to cover his tracks. He uh, he plants the seed of the theory that the black swan was responsible for startling Norm and causing his death and, and being attacked. There is an actual black swan theory that refers to events which are difficult to predict in the normal course of business. They are random, unexpected, but high-impact events. These events are considered outliers because there's no past data which can point towards its occurrence in the foreseeable future. With the unexpected death of the club member, Larry presents his own black swan theory to explain the unusual circumstances. It just happens to be involve an actual black swan. And so I guess, you know, the Economic Times says the black swan theory is a real economic theory. So, uh, you know, I think you can just kind of chalk this up to Larry hearing about the black swan theory and then writing a very literal episode around it. Maybe. Yes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Jesus. a small event that has a major effect. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I guess, I mean, Seinfeld and Curb both are just like complete black swan. The whole, every episode is like a black swan theory show like a small minuscule event that then has a, some major impact in the lives of the the characters but so there we go don't say we never taught you any economic theory <laughs> all right uh a, a, any other news or anything no i don't think so no continuity errors no, that we gotta I keep track of did not see any all right well uh if you have never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite the last what are we at Currently 23 minutes, not that bad. Uh, despite the last 23 minutes being exclusively research and bullshit, we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 14 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at no hugging on Twitter. No hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. And now no hugging underscore no learning on instagram and threads uh please 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 give us a follow over there it's uh it's slow going over I, over on the ig i think we're almost at a one one following to followers well yeah because you follow on. everyone back tim we not were everyone pu- we're public figures you don't have to follow <laughs> everyone back our 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 <laughs> You know, I mean, first of all, I had to follow Grace and the downvoter and Champagne Video. I mean, so that's like a quarter of our follows right there. And you and me. So now we're up to five. Um, and then I also had to follow the Sam Pancake. Okay. Yeah, I think of our course. Yeah, you yeah, had to follow Sam Pancake. I think our first follow was Sam Pancake because the very first uh, audiogram I uploaded was about Sam Pancake. No, it wasn't the first one, but it was one of the... And I was like... <laughs> And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can tag him. And I was like, holy shit, Sam Pancake is on Instagram. And so I <laughs> and he followed, followed him. us back. Oh, I don't, my God. I don't think so. I don't think he followed oh, us okay. back. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant that he followed us back. No, that would be <laughs> that would be amazing. But no, I don't believe he's one of the, <laughs> one of the lucky dozen, the lucky dozen, the dirty dozen that uh, is following us. And actually, we're better than one one because we're only following 11, but we have 12 followers. So thank wow, you. Wow, look at that. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no hugging underscore no learning over on Instagram. You can uh, go follow us and just join us over there because it looks like Twitter, excuse me now, X is um, X number of months away from shitting the bed. (laughs) 
You know what's not dead is Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's where you can give us a five-star rating and a written review if you like us, at least over on Apple Podcasts anyway. Spotify, you can give us a five-star rating. And if you really, really like us, you can join us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you get early and extended versions to all of our episodes one week before they go out to the general public. And uh, on average, they're about... I would say 15 to 20 minutes longer than the than the normal versions. Uh, last couple we've had have been about a half an hour longer. I gotta um, say, I'm pretty proud of myself when I get the episode and it's like an hour 20, and then when I'm done, it's like 58, 59. Oh yeah, I love seeing that shit. I love yeah. especially like whenever. Well, I mean, let me look at the uh, the last few in our folder that are gonna go out to the free feed. So I'll go with what was. What was 239? What was 239? Two, uh, 239 was uh, episode 5. What was episode 5? Let me see if I can help you out there. Okay, a- episode 5 was uh, Denise Handicap. So 239, uh. Denise Handicap on the free feed is 1 hour and 4 minutes. On Patreon, it was 1 hour and 15 minutes. So a little bit of a shorty there, and that's actually because we had a little bit of a, an editing oopsie. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's that one. Uh, when you're going to seasons or episode six, the bear midriff on the free feed, it was one hour and 17 minutes on Patreon. It was one hour and 32. There minutes. you go. When you're looking at the black swan episode seven on the free feed, it is 59 minutes and 16 seconds on Patreon. The black swan, the black swan went for one hour and 21 minutes. Wow. That's what you're paying five bucks a month for. And I, I want to give a shout out to the people who are doing that, like our newest patron, Liam M. from, I'm thinking, Australia? I, I don't Ooh. I don't know. I, I think Liam's in Australia. It's a AU, I guess. Or maybe Austria? Either Australia or Austria. Austria or Australia. Yeah, a- Australia or Austria. Liam, let us know uh, whenever we whenever we publish this on Patreon. Let us know wherever you're where you're listening from. But yeah, thank you to Liam. Thank you to Michael Klatsky, Drybones, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville podcast, John Murphy, Danica Ligorio, J-Dog Conlord, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Again, patreon.com slash no hugging. All that being said, season seven, episode eight, Officer Krupke. Original air date, November 8th, 2009. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Jeff's indiscretion forces Larry to embrace his feminine side. <laughs> and one of Jeff's clients competes with Cheryl for a Seinfeld role. Why do I not remember it being this long last week? Jeez, it goes on know. forever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also not bad. I mean, I, we'll see what we can do at the end with it. I kind of like the first part. That's that's very, um, very teasy. So we open in Jeff and Susie's car. They're driving around, and Susie opens the glove box to find a pair of panties. I do are... love how quickly we get to this. Yeah. I, I thought that was good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was damn, nice. we're just, just getting right to it. Just introducing, like, one of the major conflicts. Yeah, there's no, yeah. Um, and it's obviously not hers. She is super pissed and orders Jeff to pull over the car. Uh, over at Banana Republic which was at 1202 Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica. It closed. Check this out. I mean, it closed. Uh, the, the story about it was February 3rd 
of 2020. Oh my god. Really? <laughs> yeah. Could they see the future? I know, right? It um they could at least see the future of Los Angeles real estate because yeah. they were they were closing in prep for opening at Santa Monica Place, I guess, which was like nearby. And this was a huge flagship store of what's called the Third Street Promenade in Los Angeles, which is like a mostly three block pedestrian open air mall. And like most malls, open air or not, kind of dying in 2020. And mm-hmm. this was a 40,000 square foot Ooh. flagship anchor store of the Third Street Promenade. Yeah. Jesus um, Christ. All right. Yeah. And it's it's currently, I think, or the last time when I read it, I think I read like a news story about it in like 2021 or something. And it, it at that point, it was 40% empty. So like almost half the stores, there's nothing in them. But and you might think, oh, well, that was mostly COVID. But half of those tenants were already closed before the shutdown, man. So half of that 40 percent. So it was already on its way out. Um, And so this news story that I read was like about how revitalizing efforts were announced in 2021. And they were thinking like, oh, you know, this this doesn't need to be like a three story Banana Republic They we can split into like one floor and then turn the basement into like a club or a bar or something and the top can be offices or whatever um so they had like a grand plan to sort of turn around the um the flailing and failing third street promenade but um when google maps last drove by this storefront it is still boarded up and for lease so i guess it's just you know slow going there to try to get this mall uh back off the ground but larry is there trying on pants when the fire alarm goes off and everyone is forced to evacuate, including Larry with his new pants on that still have the security tag and everything. And Ben Affleck? Did you see? I had I to did, re- yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was, no, obviously, it but like, looked a lot like Ben Affleck. <laughs> I rewound it several times and I was like, what the f- what? And I took a picture of it and I'll tweet it out when we send this episode out. All that that would be so fucking funny. Oh yeah. If like, yeah, I've got a free day. Let me walk on as an extra <laughs> for this HBO show. Yeah, just yeah. pay me just pay me a day, right? That's fine. Yeah, just give me whatever <laughs> the extras are getting. Fifty bucks, whatever they get for the day. Like, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, it's, uh I, I can't wait for people to see this picture. Oh, I'll put it on Instagram <laughs> as well. Um, Ben Affleck uh, as an uncredited, unspeaking extra in this episode. Um, Yeah, so everyone evacuates, including Larry, you know, with the security tag and everything. So outside, Larry talks to a police officer who happens to be Matt Krupke. And Larry is, first of all, so excited. He's like, you're Officer Krupke, you know, from West Side Story. There's a character, Officer Krupke. The cop has never heard of it. Never heard of it somehow. Uh, Never heard the song. Never heard the character. uh, What's your familiarity with? Officer Krupke. Had you ever heard of it before this episode? Nothing. I mean, I've heard of West Side Story. Yeah. Because it's just, I mean, one of the biggest musicals. Yeah. But I I, I don't want to say of all time, but it's uh, one of the one of the biggest musicals of like modern consciousness, I should say. Yeah. Uh, But no, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't know who Officer Krupke is by name for sure. See, I'm I'm such a big fan of musicals that I definitely knew, just like Larry David. Um, or, or Larry David in the show anyway, that I definitely knew the reference and it, yeah. but, but, but for, I, yeah, I was going to say, I, it's not that I'm not a fan of musicals. I mean, well, uh, <laughs> I, I could take or leave them. Uh, you didn't but... like Joe's apartment that much. That's a goddamn <laughs> great musical there. <laughs> okay. 
But yeah, as far as West Side Story goes, I mean, it is. I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture last year. The uh, the remake that Sylvester Sylvester Steven Spielberg <laughs> Sylvester Spielberg did. S- Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone did West Side Story. Yeah, that Steven Spielberg did. And so, but the odd thing, like, I love the original motion picture more than I loved Spielberg's version. Like, I thought Spielberg's version was like completely unnecessary. It was it was good. The only thing about it that was maybe necessary was he cast actual Puerto Ricans to play Puerto Ricans instead of Italians like the original movie did. But I mean, you just can't (laughs) beat. But also as far as West Side Story goes, Officer Krupke is like one of the least important songs in the musical and one of the ones that, you know, everyone knows like, uh, tonight, tonight, there's only you tonight. And, um, And even like the gang songs like boy, boy, crazy boy. Uh, and that stuff, <laughs> and so you know, it's 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 really filler in the musical when it comes down to it. I'll I'll say, but it is still a great song. And and Larry, you know, and it'd be it'd be I would imagine tough to grow up as someone whose last name is Krupke, and then you decide to become a police officer, and then Larry David is the first yeah, one to tell and he you he has no idea. Yeah. Come on, there's no one in his life that has made this joke before. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. even growing up, your parents must have heard. Even though they weren't police officers, like wow, Krupke, just like the guy in that movie. Um, yeah, and then I'm sure whenever he's like, you know, 17, 18, and he's like, I, I want to go to the police academy, and they're like, yeah. all right, Officer Krupke. <laughs> yeah, and no that, one. That didn't happen. You sure? Yeah, no one at the police academy said anything. <laughs> Maybe he's just heard it so much all his life. He's just started telling people, no, I don't know it because he likes. You know, it's like the people who who. Um, <laughs> Who like I love telling people I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Oh my! Like the people who's make a personality out of not enjoying what other people have enjoyed. Like oh, I love telling people I haven't done it. Like that's not a personality. <laughs> yeah, it's right. just being an I, asshole. I made this joke yesterday because I feel like this is one that I haven't seen, but I feel like those same people. And I definitely worked with somebody at one point. Not you. I'm not saying you. <laughs> uh, but worked with somebody at one point down here who un- unironically would have shared on Facebook, like this if you're in the 1% of people who's <laughs> never seen an episode of any Kardashian show. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, oh that's God. total, like, boomer Facebook at its yes. best. <laughs> but, uh, oh, just because, you know, he might have been so fed up hearing nothing but off- Krupke and about Officer yeah. Krupke for his whole life, now when people say it, he just pretends he doesn't and, and the conversation goes away. They're amazed for a second. I don't think he gets off on it in the same way that, you know, the boomer Facebook people do. Like, I love seeing it on their faces when I say I've never seen Star Wars. People freak out. It's so funny. It's like, why not just have a real conversation with them or say no or whatever? I don't know if you've seen this uh, rebuttal, too, that I've seen in a couple of... Well, you're on Reddit, right? Are you still, like, actively checking Reddit? Yeah, not as much, though, I gotta say, (laughs) since my Um, uh, chosen third-party app went away. mm, That's right. I'll tell you what I I use the the main Reddit app and it's not bad. Really? It's, um, yeah. Uh, but there's a subreddit that I've joined that's incredible. Let me let me find what it is. Okay. It is our terrible Facebook memes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's exactly what what you think it is. But one of the best comments that I've seen is Ah, I see you're trying to argue your point. Too bad I made a meme drawing where you're the ugly one and I'm the handsome one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The, yeah. the, the meme of like the screaming guy going yes. like, you can't like this thing. And then like the handsome dude with the chiseled jawline. Yeah, saying, yeah. The like, blonde beard guy. Is it that one? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. With like like slick back <laughs> hair. It's like, no, nah, it's based. <laughs> like, too, bad, too bad I drew you as the ugly one and drew me as the handsome one. You're the ugly one. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, anyway I'm, I'm done derailing. <laughs> Officer Krupke has never heard of Officer Krupke. Larry David's amazed. And he's like, you know, he sings him a little bit. And he's like, he says, hey, Officer Krupke, Krupp you. And then he says something I think is incorrect, that Stephen Sondheim wanted to write, fuck you, but you couldn't say that on the Broadway stage in the 50s. I disagree. I think Sondheim is a better lyricist than that. And I think Krupp you is a funny euphemism for everyone knows what it means but it's just better writing to say for a bunch of teenagers to say crup you to make yeah the officers... not because he wanted yeah. to write oh i wish i could have said fuck you that's such a better oh. hey officer crup you fuck you no crup Sh- you is a better Sh- lyric shakes fist at, <laughs> at broadway in the 1950s like yeah yeah it's like crup you is a is a better lyric they're turning his name into a bad word it's it's so much better um so i don't think that steven sondheim actually did want to write fuck you but larry's like larry here's just gonna be like an hour maybe two before they're allowed back into the building so he's just gonna leave and so he's driving a little bit later and singing officer krupke he heads over to jeff's who intercepts him in the driveway and tells him that Susie found the panties and jeff told her that they are Larry's because he likes wearing women's panties and he begs Larry to go along with this story as cover. And so Larry, you know, sort of reluctantly agrees, but it may not come up. But when he goes inside, Larry greets their friends, Virginia and Dennis and Susie definitely inspects Larry's panty area, (laughs) Larry's (laughs) underpant area to see if she can see any evidence that he is wearing women's underwear. But they notice that he still has the security tag on his pants, and he tells them the story about Officer Krupke and the fire alarm and all that. And he does make sure to put in, you know, I know all the words to West Side Story because I love musicals so much. It's interesting. You you think you know someone, and then you find something out that makes you realize you didn't really know them this whole time. He sort of, like, really directs that at Susie to drive home the point. <laughs> The drive home Jeff's lie that he is wearing women's underwear. And Virginia, we find out, is auditioning for the reunion show to play George's ex-wife. And Larry uh, is, you know, obviously uh, kind of put off by this because he really wants Cheryl to get that part. That's the whole reason for doing this. Um, he also doesn't want to hear their how they met story. Susie was in the middle when Larry came in of getting uh, finding out how they met and he's not interested in those kind of stories they're cloying and annoying (laughs) he says and so Susie suggests he walks around the block while they tell the story why couldn't he just go talk to Jeff Jeff is like in the kitchen when Larry comes in like nonchalantly acting like oh hey what's up Larry this is the first time we're talking kind of greeting he gives him yeah (laughs) but why couldn't he just go in the kitchen and hang out with Jeff I don't get it that's probably the whole reason he was there in the first place (laughs) I guess it's so that he can take this little walk around the block. But by the way, did you recognize Dennis and Virginia? I didn't. Virginia is Elizabeth Shue, a very famous actress. Okay. Um, and Dennis is John Schneider, one of them Duke boys from the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, my God. Okay. I know, like two very famous, like so famous. I think Elizabeth Shue was probably, especially at this point, a great actress to play herself. Larry obviously wanted a big name, and Elizabeth Shue, I would put maybe right up there with Meg Ryan, certainly around this time, as somebody who Jerry Sonfeld should have been like, we we might be able to get Elizabeth Shue. Like, that still would have been, that, I think, I don't know why she had to play somebody else, but she um, was nominated for an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage, and she won a ton of awards for that role in 1995. Uh, four years later, I don't know. It's it's just uh, just weird that they 
they made her play somebody else. And it's weird, too, that they put her with John Schneider, like another kind of famous TV actor um, from back in the day, at least. I, ho- I hope there's some information out there. I'm guessing there won't be about why they were casting these roles, but we'll see. Uh, so outside, Larry is on his stroll around the block, and he comes across a lemonade stand, and he uh, buys a cup for a dollar, and then calls it the worst lemonade he's ever had. It tastes disgusting. He, mans- <laughs> he demands his dollar back for the awful lemonade and gets into a yelling match with the kids, in fact. And uh, and this was pretty amazing. As he's leaving, one of the kids calls him a bald asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought the scene with the kids was great. Like, you could tell they just got direction to, like, yell at this old man, and they they went full force with it and enjoyed every second of it and really played well off of Larry. It, uh, it made me appreciate Larry's interactions with kids that we've seen so far, but this may be one of the best. I, I thought that the actors, the child actors were great. Back over at Jeff and Susie's, Larry notices and confronts Susie about looking him over. Like, what are you what are you doing? You're looking me over. He's like, what? No, I'm not looking you over. But she's definitely trying to see what's going on uh, in his underpants area. And then uh, someone knocks on the door and it's a, the mom of the kids to, who wants to find Larry. It's interesting that his new story is that it wasn't enough lemonade for a dollar. Yeah, I, I this is that's odd. a weird I, error. Yeah, it's like they filmed these on different days, and he just couldn't remember like what the what the setup for the argument was. It smelled like that to me too. I was like, they must have filmed these out of order, and he forgot the reason and messed it up when they when he was talking to the kids. Yeah, because there's there's a new story. He's like, well, I think it's wrong. They're charging a dollar for not a lot of lemonade. Like that's not what. You- no, it's not. That's um, not what you yelled at them for. Yeah, that's not what you yelled at them for two seconds ago. But she says, if you talk to my kids again, I'm going to call the cops. I like at one point, he's like, can I go? He's like done with the conversation. He's like, am I dismissed? Can I go? <laughs> but yeah, she's like, if you talk to my kids again, I'm going to call the cops. By the way, the mom is played by longtime Seinfeld writer and uh, inspiration, the real life Elaine, Carol Leifer. Ooh, yeah, I one didn't of, catch that. One of several women who are rumored, uh, purported to be the inspiration for Elaine in one way or another. So, yeah, but she wrote on the show for, for a million years. Uh, Carol Leifer. I think it's cool that there she won't be the last Seinfeld behind-the-scenes person that we see in this episode. And I think it's really cool that they did this for the reunion season. Uh, in fact, just over at the studio, Virginia shows up for her audition, and Cheryl is there, kind of shocked to see another actress who is reading for the role that she was pretty sure is hers, just a formality. And Cheryl goes into audition. Larry is wearing the pants that he's going to return later because he doesn't want to be carrying around an extra pair of pants. He's like, I'm going to go and get my old pants back and, and give these to them. I don't want to be carrying around an extra pair of pants. Cheryl, by the, by the way, Larry's pant thing reminds me of the story that Jay Peterman buys from, or not, he doesn't buy it from Kramer. Let me think, how does the order go? But Kramer tells this story about how he was going to return a pair of pants and he like goes into a subway tunnel and gets them all muddy. And the the punchline of the story that everyone keeps saying is like the very pants you were going to return. Um, and it's a it's a shitty story, but Kramer thinks it's amazing and he tells it all the time. And Jay Peterman thinks it's hilarious and he buys it. It's one of the many stories that he buys from Kramer to put in his autobiography that Kramer's not allowed to tell anymore. So he starts telling it at a bar, celebrating his windfall for selling all of his stories. And Elaine goes, 
that didn't happen to you. That happened to Jay Peterman. You can't tell that story anymore. And he's like, and and so he wants his story back about, but I think he actually buys some of Newman's life story then and uh, and starts telling it and, and those stories suck. So it's it's a pretty funny situation. But it, the whole Larry wearing the pants that he's going to return is is that situation. And Cheryl auditions and she nails it. I mean, Larry is playing up. He's cracking up. Jerry's just kind of like chuckling, but Larry is cracking up the whole time at the scene as Cheryl reads it. And Larry's like, oh man, we can close up shop. That's it. And they're like, well, I mean, there's someone else here. We'll, we'll hear me. He's like, oh yeah, sure. Of course. But I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to get better than that. And everyone agrees that Cheryl set the bar really high, but Virginia comes in and now Jerry is cracking up hardcore at <laughs> Virginia's performance. And Larry is just stone faced, <laughs> which was hilarious. He's just kind of yeah, like, Larry's, he's just not giving her anything. Yeah, nothing. He's just kind of sitting back. Then we find out that they they both were great, but you know Larry, as much as he argues for Cheryl, Jerry liked Virginia, and so there's got to be a tiebreaker. And and Mark says that Virginia nailed it, uh, the guy that was reading with them. And so Larry relents and is like, "All right, fine, we'll go with Virginia." And this Mark is Mark Hirschfeld, who was the Seinfeld casting director for 171 episodes. Whoa! From season one all the way through the end of the run. Yeah, that's cool. I know. Isn't that awesome that they like brought this guy back to for the reunion, like for the reunion, yeah, especially in a casting uh, role, like yeah. in a, in a or, I mean, like an on-screen character yes. who is casting for the reunion. Yeah, and in fact, at the end, it says Mark Hirschfeld plays himself, so <laughs> he's playing the Mark Hirschfeld that worked on yeah. Seinfeld, and yeah, um, I thought that was really so. It's like just such a cool. Uh, it's it's a reunion of more than the big four, which I think is awesome mm-hmm. when you dig into it like that and you find out little stuff like that. Because um, I just had a feeling that this Mark guy, I was like, this is weird. I'm, I gotta I gotta look into this, and so he's he's really the guy. Back up in Banana Republic, Larry's uh, comes in to collect his pants, and they have been lost. They sweep the dressing room after every, you know, when, when the store closes, and they put all the lost and found stuff in there, and the lost and found, and it's not there, so they're gone. And Larry thinks buying the pants after they lost his pair is unfair. They owe him a pair of pants. And the guy's like, this to me was uh, maybe the best interaction in the whole episode. He's like, well, we have a sign that says we're not responsible for lost anything left. (laughs) And Larry's like, oh, well, I have a sign in my house that says someone loses your pants. You get to take their pants. And the guy's like, that's a stupid made up sign. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a stupid made up sign. It doesn't exist. Uh, but I do like Larry's point. It's like, oh, you put up a fucking sign. Oh, guess what? I have a sign too. They they both have the same legal standing in this case. And he walks out with. He's like, you you have a security tag on there. You're you're gonna you're gonna walk around. It's like a scarlet letter. And he's like, you know what? Call me Hester. Uh, of course, after Hester Prynne, the main character of the book, The Scarlet Letter. But I love that the guy's like, I won't. I won't do you that. I'm I'm not gonna call you Hester. <laughs> um, I will not. And Larry walks out, and of course the alarm goes off. Yeah, we're getting a lot of like literature and musical refs in this episode. Yeah, a lot of ancient literature and music, which is kind of par for the course, you know. So that's another thing that we've been reunited with in this uh, in this episode. We, we bring Jerry in for one arc. Yeah, and he he ages our reference window by fifty years. Yeah, I mean he could have said, "Call me Demi Moore." who probably had just starred recently in the cinematic retelling of the Scarlet Letter. And that would have been, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I guess it, it would have, it would have dumbed it down a little bit. And in, in true George fashion, it's a smart joke and a smart audience is going to appreciate it. Uh, I'm curious. Oh yeah. That Scarlet Letter movie was 1995. So this was 
I, I don't know. Maybe that was too out of date at this point, and and Hester Prynne had repla- replaced Demi Moore as the more known reference when you're going to say the Scarlet Letter. Outside, Cheryl. Hang on, wait, oh. wait, 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 wait. We're talking about Scarlet Letter references, right? Yeah. Uh oh, damn! It hadn't come out yet. I was thinking of Easy A with Emma Stone. Very true. Very true. Uh, a great, hilarious movie. And since very you brought it funny, up, very funny movie, but it just yeah, hadn't oh. come out yet. It was this date twelve years ago that I was on the red carpet with Emma Stone. <laughs> At the, uh, at, I know I saw my time hop today, 12 years Wait, ago. Wait, damn, today? Holy shit. That's, yeah. That's a very odd circumstance. I know, totally random, but I will never miss a chance to mention that I got to meet Emma Stone on the, the red carpet of the premiere of her movie, <laughs> The Help, along with Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer and Jessica Chastain and Anna Camp and the uh, author of The Help, Catherine Stockett, and the director of The Help, damn it, what's, oh, Tate Taylor. Uh, yeah. Good times with... Oh, Allison Janney. Good times. Good times with my Hollywood friends. Um, Okay. Outside, Cheryl, uh, I guess, just happens to be there. Like, because Virginia invited her out for lunch. This was odd. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she mentions that she was there because she just had lunch with Virginia and Dennis. But it's odd that... But why is she hanging around? Yeah, like, Like, right right there. Yeah. Yeah. Right where Larry David happened to come out. I mean, I guess it's just convenient for the half hour long show that we don't have to contact Cheryl and tell her blah, 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 um, because she's right there outside. (laughs) But he breaks the news to her that, you know, I tried, but they're giving it to Virginia. And so they're friends. And so Cheryl's happy for her friend, but she really thought she had the role. And so, by the way, when they were at lunch, Dennis asked if Cheryl was interested in in a menage a trois with him and Virginia. And Cheryl just thinks it's a laugh, but Larry does not think it's funny at all. No, no. Larry, in <laughs> fact, is so like, I hate sounding like this, but like Larry is very toxic in saying he's like, if, if you're going to have a menage a trois with anybody, it's got to involve me. I'm like, no, you're, you're, you're separated. I don't know if they're full on divorced at this point. They do keep saying, they do keep saying ex-wife. To me, if you're separated, yeah. you don't say ex, right? I don't think so. You're still that... you're still married until that divorce goes through. Yeah, that's what I would think. But yeah, he is like very. He's, I mean, I you can understand where he's coming from. Like, what? I, I, we were married for this long. I totally would have done that. Now you think it's funny to like you know the, yeah, which he never would have do this done with, that. No, no, <laughs> never, never in a million years would have done that. No way. <laughs> uh, not even for their tenth anniversary. It was like no. you go do it with somebody else away from me. Like I'm not not interested, but but he's like you know can't believe that she would even entertain the idea or or not be insulted by it, and yet just it, it was completely off the table and not even a joking matter when they were together, and so he doesn't think it's funny at all, and he storms off over to the architectural firm where Dennis works to yell at him, and Dennis says you know it's a private matter you know she's your ex-wife she doesn't you know she doesn't have to run anything past you, and if she's curious. And wants to, uh, you know, explore this. That's her business. But Larry's just also just more incensed at the fact that she might have been curious about the whole thing. That uh, she might be uh, entertaining the idea more than she let on. Uh, over at Jeff and Susie's place, uh, Larry is really playing up the fact that he is... He's doing a lot of physical work, like sort of hiking up his pants every now and then just to really drive the point home that he's wearing women's underwear. Um, and Susie interrogates him. About what, what? What are you doing there? He's like, oh, I don't, you know, I just got some, uh, I just got some new underwear. 
And she's like, oh, really? Where'd you get them? And he says, online. And I like, she's like, you know what? You don't even know how to fucking use a computer. There's no way you got those online. <laughs> <laughs> You're the last guy on earth who knows how to use a computer. Uh, and he's like, my assistant got them for me. You know, she is is giving him the 10th degree. And, and Jeff sort of like brushes her off and makes her leave the room and says that she is not buying it. He can tell she is not buying the joke. And here's where we get a little bit of an issue with the episode where, that we're going to have to dig into a little bit because Larry says he is playing it part transvestite, that he is exploring it that way. And Jeff's like, no, that's not – you like it for comfort. You're not you're not a cross-dresser. You're wearing it to be comfortable, which I don't think there's anything wrong with either one of those statements right now. But at a certain point, they start, instead of transvestite, saying trans, which, which is interesting. Do you remember when trans meant – Maybe it didn't even mean tra- like no one shortened transvestite to trans, but no. but Larry says trans here, and then I'm pretty sure they switched to tranny somewhere in the yeah, yeah they, they they dropped that and um yeah that's really only ever used as a slur yeah it's same with same with the the literal word transvestite in in this day and age it's only ever used as a slur really and yes yes it is not it is not proper terminology so what's the not, proper not terminology now uh i mean god we should get someone honestly we should get a trans person on here to to tell us but uh but i don't necessarily think it because trans now means transgender yes and so i think there are still i mean cancel me if you want i think there are still transvestites who aren't necessarily transgender what i mean well like now we're talking about something like so super fluid that like we're, we're really kind of splitting hairs but i i well, think that, i mean what do you call point, it like you're just, cross point, i think you're i think you're just talking about a cross dresser yeah you're, so you're what's not the you're, difference? you're not you, you're not using the old term so what's the difference between a cross dresser and a transvestite they're just I, two words for the yeah, same thing it and sounds no one it says, sounds like you're setting up a joke for for the comedy <laughs> underground uh headlined by joe rogan i'm not gonna lie Holy what's shit. the difference all right thanks everybody <laughs> Bill Maher, and that's here. my time. Thank you. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think we're both as as we sometimes get as two cis hetero men over our heads when we talk about gender fluidity. I I really wasn't under the impression that it was a canceled term at this point. Uh, and maybe it's because I, it sounds so medical. But I don't think. I mean, certainly you can use it as a slur if you want. But uh, but I haven't. I I never I never got that. Uh, I never got that feeling from it. But I think you'd probably be right as far as. I think it would. I think it would um, bend. What's the word I'm looking for? Is it bend your ear? Now that means when you want someone to listen. I think it would hit a sour note to a lot of yes. younger people's ears who have grown up without it being the not Go-to I don't term. Yeah, and I, and I mean like scientific term. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it, I, I, I think if, if you play this for like the TikTok audience, that's gonna be. That's going to be the dog whistle of like, oh, when is this episode from? <laughs> Ty- type. That's going to be that for, for this episode. Uh, but but I don't think when Larry said it, he was, I mean, maybe he was, it's definitely played for laughs and that's what we always have an issue with. But I think when he was saying like, I was playing as like, as, as I was like part transvestite, like I was, you know, I was experimenting with cross-dressing and, and Jeff is like, no, you're just doing it for comfort. It's not about, he's not bringing gender identity into it at all. But certainly when they break out the, the NY at the end, that's when I'm like, like, yeah, oh man because yeah. jeff says it first and it almost like opens the door for larry because i think he drops one too but it was just it was like man wow like i can't uh it's just nothing that you'd hear and, and so they they break it down to larry's motivation in this performance is i'm larry david and i happen to enjoy wearing women's underwear that's it that's there's it. nothing more that's to it, it than that that's there's it. nothing additional to it yeah 
I, yeah. And the way he keeps repeating it is very funny. Yeah. He's like, who are you? I'm Larry David. What do you like doing? I like wearing women's <laughs> underwear. Yeah. And you know, I appreciated how that came back later, but it is hilarious how they make it into like an acting exercise. Like, I'm Larry <laughs> David. And, and what do you do? I happen to enjoy wearing women's underwear. Great. That's great. Let's practice again. <laughs> um, but Jeff has some good news. Virginia's dropping out. The reunion, she can't do it anymore. She's in a neck brace. And now this was such a hilarious. I mean, it, it goes back to like Larry's toxicity um, around the menage a trois. I mean, because it plays into that, certainly. But he says there's only two ways you can hurt your neck in a car accident or cunnilingus. <laughs> That's it. The only two ways. The only two ways anybody anywhere can hurt their neck. That Jesus was, Christ. That was, I think, just as funny as they wanted it to be, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> only two ways someone there's, can hurt their neck. There's only two ways. A, he says it with a such car conviction. accident and cunnilingus. There's only two ways anyone can hurt their neck. Oh my God. So he is certain that she hurt her neck going down on Cheryl during their menage a trois. Yes. Yes. Holy fuck. And Jeff is like, you know what? Let's check the car. We'll check the car. And so they go over. They must live nearby. You know, that's why they were over probably at Jeff and Susie's. They're probably neighbors. And uh, Larry and Jeff sneak around and there's no damage to the car. So, Ted, it's got to be the other Uh-oh. thing. It's got to be the other it's, thing. It's got to be the only <laughs> other thing anyone can ever do to yeah, hurt their neck. To hurt their neck. Car accident or cunnilingus. <laughs> I mean, you. it's like saying, I mean, I know any normal person can think of 12 different ways, just like Cheryl is going to mention in this in this lunch, of the way someone hurt, your, hurt their neck. But it's almost like Larry could go, there's only two ways someone hurts their neck. Neck injury or cunnilingus. <laughs> Uh, And so they do go to lunch And Larry breaks the news to Cheryl He wanted to tell her in person That Virginia is dropping out And she's got the part And Cheryl, as anyone wanted Well, why can't Virginia do it? And Larry's like, very good Very good, you're going to be great at this acting thing He thinks she's faking Not knowing why Virginia is in the neck brace Because, as Larry says I know that the way she broke her neck was, well, she wasn't in a car accident, so she was going down on you. <laughs> God damn it. And, and Cheryl, I mean, this was this was kind of funny, but I wish they played it a different way because Cheryl's like, people can hurt their neck in any number of ways. And Larry goes, how? And she says one way and then can't think of anything else. So I guess yeah. there's, I guess I wish she would have like rattled off twelve different things because that really would have nailed the point home that it could be anything. Like you fall on your neck, you fall in the bathtub. Yeah, I don't even know what what did she say. What was the one even... other way that she was able to mention? Because it was, no, it was like a first thought, and it almost didn't make sense. Either. Yeah, and then she couldn't think of any more. It's like all you're doing is proving his point. Damn it, Cheryl, you have to stand up. You, you're the only person that can make this right. But no, it's like, well, all right, I guess you're right. It's kind of like a car accident. But it wasn't on me. But she storms out. Uh, and Jeff calls imploring Larry to think of something because Susie is not buying any of it. And so you've got to think of, of, of a way to make to, to really drive this lie home and make her believe <laughs> that you're wearing women's underwear. And Larry comes up with an idea. He's like, I got an idea. I'll be right over. So he's driving over. And he's singing again, Officer Krupke. And we've seen this several times. This must just be the way Larry lives. No radio, only singing. Anytime we see him in a car, that's pretty much the case. Like, the radio's not on, but he 
is making noise and singing himself. And he just wants to do that when he's alone or with anybody. Um, I but- could see I could see Larry being one of those people of like, I'm not listening or watching and I'm listening to or watching anything where I'm going to be advertised to. Yeah, I can see him being one of those <laughs> people. True. Or maybe he, he he hates everything except what he creates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but he's also not going to like pay to not be advertised to. Yeah. Like, so he's just not ever going to watch or listen to anything. Yes. Hang on, I want to look for Cheryl's reason. Larry, there are other ways to hurt your neck besides having to go down on someone. Name one, painting. She says painting. (laughs) 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 And Larry says, you know, I never saw Michelangelo in a brace. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, and by that I was like, what is she talking about? Maybe like you've got it. You know, you could get a stiff neck if you're looking up for too long while you're painting or something. I don't know. But I'm like, but but I, but I brought up another one you should have thought of right away. Falling off a ladder. How about yeah. that? How about Boom. that? There's another. There's two. Painting, falling off a ladder, skateboarding. And cunnilingus. And cunnilingus. <laughs> but at least we thought of a few more. Painting. Um, and so Larry is driving over, singing Officer Krupke. And right as he passes the kids that he bought the lemonade from who are still outside is when he says the crop you part. Officer crop gate, crop you. And the mom notices and starts uh, taking out her phone to dial uh, the authorities. Over at Jeff's, Susie says that Virginia got hurt driving in a car accident. And Larry's like, we checked the car. There's no neck brace. And she's like, she was driving Dennis's car. Okay. So that was what <laughs> she was in the accident in. And it's at that point that Officer Krupke comes in. And says that there's a report of him yelling obscenities at children. And he says he was just singing the Officer Krupke song. Uh, but that's when the police officer notices the tag on Larry's pants. Well, you got to give those pants back. And this could not be more perfect. Because Larry stands up and drops trow, revealing a pair of pink panties that he's wearing. To, much to Susie's shock and Jeff's I told you so-ness. Uh, and Susie goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm Larry David. I happen to enjoy wearing women's underwear, (laughs) which was a perfect, perfect. So good. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have been upset if that was the end of the episode. I know know. (laughs) it was a, it was amazing. Mic drop moment for the episode on us, but we do get one more scene when, and this was kind of a funny button. If almost, it almost would have worked better as a post credit sequence. This would have yeah, been a great yeah, post credit. If Curb ever did post credit scenes, that this would have been good. I know, and I think once or twice they have. I remember one. I remember one. At least one. At least once before they've done it. But at home, the doorbell rings. It's Jeff in a neck brace, and he's like, "You got to tell Susie I was in a car accident." Ah. <laughs> and so the other joke of the episode has been brought home. And Jeff hurt his neck, the, not painting. The only other way that Jeff could have injured his neck wasn't in a car accident. Yes. So so hilarious payoff there. Larry just shakes his head as Frolic does not start to play, but instead we're treated to the original Broadway cast recording or the original, I don't know if there's a Broadway cast in the movie cast, but the original recording of Officer Krupke. So one of the few episodes of Curb that does not end with frolic i can't even think of another man but yeah <laughs> but i wonder if we'll find out next week if uh, if there had been any other episode or has been since and that's it all right tim what do we got for homework this week you know i didn't really write anything down 
Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the officer who played uh, the the guy who played Officer Krupke, that actor, I kind of recognized him, so I might do a little dive on him, and um, and maybe a little bit of West Side Story if I can find anything about the song, but but maybe maybe not. We'll see. But nothing official. Okay. No no official okay. homework. Yeah. What do you like for cover art this week? That's a good question. <sighs> it always comes, and I'm I'm rarely prepared. I mean, do we want to subject people to Larry and pink panties? <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's not the last shot. It's, so it's not, not the, that crutch. It's not technically the last <laughs> shot. Yeah. <laughs> Although Jeff in the neck brace is pretty funny too. Once you uh, once you realize what it's for, I don't know. What are you thinking? I'm thinking it's got to be Larry in the panties. I guess so. <laughs> and we already have Larry pretty much pantsless with a water bottle on on his groin. So, you know. Yeah, what's... and hey, our very first episode of Curb was the pants tent. And yeah. that, that was our cover art for that episode was Larry with just a, a big old, big old uh, air pocket on his crotch. Yeah, and at least Larry is wearing a shirt because one of our cover arts has also been the psychiatrist in the thong. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I guess I guess we got to do it. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had Jeff's indiscretion forces Larry to embrace his feminine side, and one of Jeff's clients competes with Cheryl for a Seinfeld role. Oh, I guess it's never really explained that that's one of Jeff's clients. Is I mean, if I guess the fact that he knew that Virginia couldn't do it. Oh yeah, it I guess you're not. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's not. I mean, it, it's not explicitly stated, but the fact that he knew she couldn't do it before Larry did makes that point. But it's not—it's not important. But it—it it makes it's weird that they that they needed to mention it in the synopsis. It doesn't bear mention in the synopsis, but because it doesn't—it doesn't create any conflict. You know, one of Jeff's clients, blah blah blah. You can just say another actress. Yeah, and w- what if we just reworded that part to say? And Cheryl has competition for the Seinfeld role. Yes, that's fine. Perfect. And then I like, what do you think of the first part? I really like it. Yes. Jeff's indiscretion forces Larry to embrace his feminine side. Because, Damn. you know, we get into that immediately. And it's not unnatural. Like, the the uh, impetus of the Seinfeld reunion was. Yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah. very unnatural. <laughs> hey, they're asking when you'll do a Seinfeld reunion. All right, I'll meet. Uh, okay. Like, after... <laughs> after like over <laughs> 10 years of saying no yeah. it took you 30 seconds of being convinced yeah yeah but that's such a good tease jeff's indiscretion i mean it's like maybe better than one we could have come up with jeff's indiscretion yeah. forces larry to embrace his feminine side because it oh doesn't even say that jeff's cheating on Susie. you know it's just like his indiscretion yeah. what could that be oh. Yeah, really good. Yeah, this is really good. And but then, yeah, and then the the last part, and Cheryl has competition for a Seinfeld role. Perfect for for, for the Seinfeld role because I mean we know she's she's going out for George's uh, George's wife. But yeah, I, I think that does it. Yeah, there's nothing else. I mean, we don't need to mention the only other storylines are the threesome and the the pants, but those are just kind of those aren't as big as the ones that are mentioned. So I yeah. think we've we, yeah, that's that's pretty good. All right. Well, Tim, did you like this episode? You know, I I did. I liked that the Seinfeld, you know, we got some we got some more of Jerry that the Seinfeld storyline was more prominent in this one, and I liked talking about it more than I enjoyed watching it in the moment. I might have to, man, I have so many star lows, but like just talking about it maybe elevated it. And the ending is so good. I'm going to have to give it at least a star low. Okay. What about you? I think I got to give it a star low too cuz yeah. I 
I was having a fun time watching the episode, and I uh, I don't know. You know, it's just not. I've got there's so much quality this season. I know. Which is that's exactly odd what I was, for me. At the end of this episode, I was like, "Damn, this is a solid season." It's like you could give a star low to every episode, and that you know, it's just amazing. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very tough at the end because I'm going to have like one or two. It's going to be tough to pick my third one. I think maybe my <laughs> second and third one. <laughs> oh my gosh okay well uh next week we have got season seven episode nine the table read hey original air date november november 15th 2009 and if you're looking at tv guide that night you are gonna see larry gets frustrated by a nine-year-old's emails leon <laughs> poses as a dead man and jerry befriends funkhauser wow first of all another long... super long one <laughs> yeah also how long has it been since we've seen an episode of leon like very the beginning long. of the season yeah I, think. I don't think he's been in season five or excuse me season seven since the first episode yeah he was in denise handicap because i remember him talking to larry so he was in like an episode three you're right though it's been like three or four episodes because he he wants larry he wants larry he's to been hanging him. out in larry's guest room yeah but he talks about Larry making sure he brought it when he was sleeping with Denise, whether he brought it or not. He's like, I always bring it. You bring, you you split that ass in half. You bring the bottom half of that ass home or whatever he said Jesus during his Christ, awesome yeah. <laughs> tirade. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's going to be great to get some more Leon. And this episode I know has one of the most infamous scenes in all of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the entire run of the series. People oh, maybe would God. put this. People would maybe put this interaction at number one. Oh my um, god! Yeah. Okay, in, in I'm really excited to see what it is. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if it is if it has come across your purview at all because it's just that pervasive in. Is it like a, a uh, heavily quoted? Yeah, yeah. I'd say. Okay. I mean, you could say this to any Curb fan, and they would know exactly what you were you were talking about. But it's kind of an entire sequence, and I I won't spoil anymore. But when it happens yeah. next week, it's yeah. I think you're I think you're really gonna love it just as much as as everybody else in. Uh, who has seen this episode does <laughs> awesome i'm i'm excited for it then Jesus. yes all righty <laughs> um, so without saying anymore is that it yeah i think that is it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good <laughs> <laughs>